This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Let's go ahead and turn our Bibles, if you will, to the book of Acts chapter number 19. Acts chapter number 19 and verse number 22 Acts chapter number 19, verse 22. And I want to say to Pastor and Mrs. Coles, thank God for your faithfulness. He said his new ministry is live streaming up there. And thank God for Pastor and Mrs. Coles and their many years of faithfulness and serving God. And what a testimony for the Lord. Notice Acts chapter 19, verse 22. So he sent into Macedonia two of them that ministered unto him, Timotheus and Erastus. But he himself stayed in Asia for a season. In the same time, there arose no small stir about that way, for a certain man named Demetrius, a silversmith, which made silver shrines for Diana, brought no small gain unto the craftsmen, whom he called together with the workmen of like occupation, and said, Sirs, you know that by this craft we have our wealth. Moreover, you see and hear that not alone at Ephesus, but almost throughout all Asia, this Paul hath persuaded and turned away much people, saying, that they be no gods which are made with hands. Now, uh, through this chapter, you can see that Paul wanted to go to Rome. That was Paul's desire, was to go minister there. But the Lord wanted him Asia. You know, uh, God's will must, uh, must be above our own personal desires and ambition. And prevalent during this time in the city of Ephesus was Diana worship, which was a fertility goddess, and their greatest temple was constructed in Ephesus where this great place of idol worship, this great place of what we would say religion, God knew that there needed to be a missionary there to minister in that area. And, of course, wonderful things was happening as Paul was preaching the gospel. Uh, Lives were being saved. Uh, Lives were being changed. Uh, The gospel was going out. And then we see in... uh, in this also in this chapter, there was a group of businessmen, which was led by Demetrius, and of course, uh, Diana worship, which was prevalent. So what they would do, they would have these trinkets of uh, Diana, then also that uh, that great worship center there per se of uh, of the great temple there, and and uh, they would make these shriveled things, and these people would have these trinkets and idols. But what happened when people were being saved? They didn't need an idol. They had a true and living God to worship, amen? And so what was happening, this group of businessmen led by Demetrius, makers of these silvers and and these several men, were going after the apostle Paul to the point of even uh, possibly trying to physically harm him. Now go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1 and verse number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, and let's look over there. And, and Paul is, this is that coinciding chapter here. Notice 2 Corinthians chapter number 1, verse 8. Notice he said, For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant of our trouble, which came to us in Asia, that we were pressed out of measure above strength, insomuch that we despaired our life. Paul is reminding them of that situation in Asia. 
And he said, listen, he said, you uh, remember what was going on there, how we were pressed out, how Demetrius and that group was coming after us, uh, after seeing people save lives, being changed, preaching the gospel. Then he goes into verse 9. Notice what he said, but we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God, which raiseth the dead. See, Paul began to realize, remember when he was on the road to Damascus over there, uh, and uh, uh, the Lord shunned that light, and, and Paul began to realize his sinful condition. He realized that sentence of death that he had in himself, but he also realized that there was a God that raised from the dead, and he realized that God could save him and God could help him, and then he begins to take that in verse number 10. Paul revisits this. Notice, who delivered us from so great a death. Paul said, listen, if, if we got a God that could, uh, that I had the sentence of death in my life, uh, the Lord saved me, the Lord changed me. Then he begins to say, who delivered us from so great a death. Paul said, listen, not only was there past deliverance, what God did in my life for salvation, notice what he said here, who delivered us from so great a death and doth deliver. He said there was past deliverance. Aren't you glad when you got saved what the Lord did in your life? He said there was past deliverance, but notice what he said, and doth deliver. There is present deliverance. Paul was reminding, listen, there's a God that can deliver us in anything that we face today by his mercy and by his grace. And notice what he said. In whom we trust that he will yet deliver. There's past deliverance. There's present deliverance. Thank God there's future deliverance. Amen. We're not going to be here for this long. This is just temporary. But we got an e eternal heaven. But no, God's got future victories in our lives also while we're here. Notice in verse number 11. Notice what he said. He begins the narrative. He also helping together by prayer for us. Notice what he said. He said, you also help them together by prayer for us, that for the gift bestowed upon us by the means of many persons, thanks may be given by many on your behalf. Now, now Paul said, listen, I want to thank you for that financial help that you're given. Folks, we know that the, the gospel is free, but it costs to send missionaries. It costs to tracks. It costs to keep the lights on such as of, of a place like this to spread the gospel. And Paul was saying, listen, I want to thank you for your giving and what you did in my ministry. But notice when he started out in that verse, he did not emphasize the financial. What did he emphasize? He emphasized the difference that their prayers made in this situation. Folks, the bottom line is there's things that prayer can do that a dollar bill cannot do. How many are with me? And Paul said, listen, your prayers is what made a difference in this situation. It helped us to be delivered from that situation in Ephesus. So tonight I, I just jotted some things down on some maybe ideas and ways that we can continue to pray for our missionaries. I, um, I think of you got so many, if you could take a few each day, maybe you have different ways that you pray. But I'd just like to maybe mention a few tonight if I can in these next few minutes. Let's go ahead and pray. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for Good News Baptist Church and the love for missions. Thank you for their overseeing of Armed Forces Baptist Missions. Thank you for 
your goodness to us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, number one, pray for your missionary's appointment. You know, uh, God had a place for Jonah to go to, but Jonah kind of didn't have that idea, did he? He said, you know, uh, I'm going to jump down and go down to Joppa, but you know the story. He got on the ship, and they realized he wasn't where he needed to be. So uh, he got thrown out. The great well came and swallowed up. The well said, hey, I don't want you either, and spit him out. Jonah finally got it somewhat together to be where God wanted him. But the thing is, see, God appointed him and wanted him to go to Nineveh. You know, it's a wonderful thing how God works in the hearts and lives of missionaries descending to that place of service. Isn't it wonderful how God calls them and God works with them and God sends them? I know Scott and Tammy's heart is in England, a church there working outside of the lake and heat there. And, but, you know, pray for your missionary's appointment. That's that place. That's that labor of love that God has called and led that missionary to. Pray that God would uh, work in the hearts and lives. Then pray for the plan uh, in that appointment. Pray for the most effective way that God can use that missionary in their labor of love. You know, uh, the message never changes. We have the gospel, praise the Lord. Methods may change, way we go about some things may change, but the message does it. So pray that God would equip that missionary with the plan that he feels God is leading them to do to reach that area. You and I both know that you support several missionaries and several different lands and some areas seem to be more open than others and some areas seem to be more closed than others, but pray for the plan that God has. Then pray for the possibilities, the opportunity of ministry that awaits that missionary as they get to that field and they arrive to that field. So pray for your missionary's appointment. Number two, pray for your missionary's assurance. Now we're not talking salvation. Thank God we know that we're in assured in, in God's work. We're assured of salvation. But pray for your missionary assurance. Now, now we do our best to try to encourage our missionaries to write encouraging letters. Uh, you know, churches have problems. Churches have trials. So if a missionary constantly writes that he's defeated, what do churches begin to say? Hey, what's wrong? That missionary seems defeated. You know, we do serve a God of victory, but you know what? There are challenges as much as there's challenge for a pastor or staff and a church, there's challenging for missionaries. And sometimes pray for your missionary's assurance, especially concerning the battles of darkness. Not every place is saying sending us a missionary. Some places are saying, hey, we don't want a missionary here. But them are the places that needed a missionary. That's what happened here at Ephesus. Paul wanted to go somewhere else, but God said, no, we need to sow the fruit right here. And look what God did in that city of Ephesus there. Then pray for your missionary's assurance, maybe sometimes the, the battles of discouragement that come about, that God would keep him encouragement. We always enjoy getting letters and uh, extra emails and things of that, of that nature. Uh, then pray for your missionaries, uh, the battles of distance. Now, thank God uh, we've, we've come along with FaceTime, amen? FaceTime came along. Uh, but sometimes there's that battle of distance, grandparents leaving grandbabies and uh, children leaving parents. But just pray for your missionary's assurance. Then number three, if you want to jot this down, pray for your missionary's adjustments. Now, you, you think about this. Uh, 
like I think about a lot of our missionaries being on the road, they're able to have their, uh, uh, be with their sending pastor and spending time in churches, being encouraged. But you think about this, uh, when they uh, go to the field, uh, now they're preaching uh, uh, as a missionary pastor, pastoral messages. Uh, their services go from uh, uh, doing Sunday school to church to um, evening service to Bible studies, new Bible studies, until they start seeing people to come in and be able to take them uh, responsibilities. And uh, so there's that spiritual adjustment that they face on the field. And that's the soul. Pray that God would help them as they adjust spiritually. Then I think there's that physical adjustment. How many letters do we get uh, from missionaries that talk about some of the physical ailments from being on the field and uh, things of that nature? So we, we need to pray for them physically. And then I think this is always uh, mindful. Uh, you know, uh, the cultural. Uh, this is the mind, the things that maybe you do here, especially like if you're building a building. You know, I, one thing when we were in Germany all them years, you know, you can't just go in the store and it's set up like Walmart, amen? You know where this is or Lowe's and you know where this is. They build different, different dimensions. And so sometimes that can be maybe trying to get passports and visas taken care of. So there's some of that cultural and, uh, I, uh, you know, since Scott and Tammy's here tonight, I think about England. I remember when we went over to England to visit, my wife said, are you going to drive? I said, are you crazy? I can't even drive on the right side of the road. How am I going to drive on the other side of the road? And, uh, and, uh, but there's different cultural differences. And so sometimes that's with the mind. And so pray for these adjustments uh, for these missionaries. Then I think, uh, number four, I think it's vital that uh, we pray for our missionaries' accomplishments. Uh, what's the most important thing? It's not about an individual. It's not per such about an agency. But I can tell you who it's all about. It's all about God. Amen. Proper theology said it's all about him. So pray for that God would be glorified through these missionaries in their work. Then number two, uh, pray that the gospel would be given. Uh, I think when we were younger, when we were in Germany, we tried to reach not only our military, we, had, uh, we were uh, speaking in English, so several people would want to come to the services to hear English. But one of the most effective ways uh, that we found when Jenny was younger, they loved kids. Sometimes if we went to hand them a track, they were not so accepted. But you know what we did? We put Jenny in that backpack, and we'd give her a track. And you know what she would do? She would go, weed? And, or she'd just hand it out. I, I'd say, now, Jenny, say weed. And she'd say, weed? And she'd hand it out. And you know what they would do? Oh, such a cute little baby. And they'd take that track. And so pray that God would give them wisdom on different ways of giving the gospel. And then pray for genuine growth. Pray that uh, their people would continue to grow and, uh, and see lives changed. And, and we can give you testimony over testimony how God has used military churches over the years to see people grow and go on and serve God. Then pray for your missionaries' assets. Pray that God would give them uh, 
proper support, the needed funds to be able to take care of their family on the field and, and ministry, then pray for persistence of support, that that support would come in faithful, and then pray for the propagating of that support, how to use that support in that area of ministry and reaching souls to the glory of Christ. Now, I gave you some things that you can pray for your missionaries, but I believe missionaries have an obligation to pray for those who support them. Amen? Here's some of the ways that we decided over the years that we would pray for supporting churches as a family. Uh, those that we visit, those who support us. Number one, we believe missionaries ought to be praying for churches. Number one, we pray for churches spiritually. We think that's important. There's a lot of spiritual needs in churches. Then number two, we pray that God would bless the church physically, help them physically. As I was looking through your prayer sheet, you folks have people that have cancer, just like we have people in our church that are fighting terrible, terrible thing called cancer. So there's physical needs in church. Uh, you know, there's, there's physical needs within the church, so it helps us to be able to pray for that. Then I think... Uh, it's, it's, it's a good thing to pray for churches financially. I think it's a wonderful thing that we've been able to pray God would bless good news in a financial way. Because here's what I find. Most churches that God blesses that way, it seems to get overseas. Isn't that a wonderful what God did with your missions program for missionaries? That happened at Northside this year. We didn't know how our missions program, but pastor said by Wednesday night, by I, I think by uh Tuesday night, he said, before we even finish everything up, let's just take these missionaries on since we had an, ac uh, an excess of about $24,000 that came in. So immediately we took on four missionaries. He didn't want all the waiting to go on. He just said, we're going to take them on. So you know what happens? We pray God will bless churches financially in a great way to be able to use that money for the glory of God. Not only take care of the needs there, but somehow that money gets around the world. These are just some thoughts to pray for your missionaries. Some ideas, maybe you have some ways you'd share too. And just, just continue to keep praying for your missionaries. I want to say thank you for praying for our family. I want to say thank you for praying for missionaries around the globe. Toward the hope of our high calling, toward the promise we've received. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.